What's up, guys? My name is George Gill, and I am coming back to you solo. We've been we've been covering a lot of useful information on our morning huddles. I mentioned on a recent podcast episode that we have a daily huddle where we check in with agents in our office and agents from other offices check in with us as well to just kind of talk about our wins. We talk about some of the challenges that we're having, and we also talk about the the data and 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 the the new information that's coming out in the real estate world. And there are a lot of talking points that we've been covering lately. So I thought that I would share with you what it is that we've been discussing lately. And predominantly, the focus around our conversations have been around three main things. And we've been referring to these things as the three I's. That is inflation, inventory, and interest rates. These things right now are very relevant and and there's a lot of questions from the consumer standpoint as to how these things are going to affect the market in 2022. If you're a buyer right now, you might be concerned about the negative effects of interest rates going up or the inflationary market. If you're on the seller side, you might be concerned about, or actually seller or buyer side, how inventory is going to play out in 2022. So I thought we'd unpack this. And And truthfully speaking, there's a lot to cover here, so I don't know how long I'll run, but I promise that this is actually very relevant information for whether you're a buyer, a seller. In fact, even if you're an agent, this is very useful information that you can take with you and not only study, but but certainly internalize and familiarize yourself enough that you can address some of these concerns because I'm sure that most clients right now in some capacity are wondering these things. And so what better way for us to provide value than to actually speak directly to what what our consumers and our clients are concerned about. So I mentioned inflation, and I think it's appropriate for us to start with that, given the fact that I think it's the most relevant topic right now. If you have turned on the TV or if you have logged on to the internet at any point in the last six months, you know that inflation is on the rise and it's on the rise pretty quickly. And inflation can be somewhat of a complex topic. And so most people might find themselves wondering what this means, not just for real estate, but for their housing search, for their real estate goals, for the value of their home. You know, how, how can we protect ourselves from, from runaway inflation, right? And the great thing about this topic is that it's, a very, without getting into the economics of it, this is a very, very easy talking point for us as agents, for our clients. And that is the fact that for the last three to four decades, housing has consistently been the best hedge against against inflation. And if you take a look at the U.S. Labor of Statistics, uh, the U.S. Labor of Statistics Bureau or the U.S. Labor Bureau of Statistics, one of those two. They measured inflation dating all the way back from 1967 to today. And in, on average, as an aggregate, from 1967 to today, housing value appreciated at a higher pace than inflation, which means that while your, while your dollar was losing value, your uninvested dollar was losing value. Your real estate invested dollar was actually gaining value in each year. So, so 
for those who could be concerned about what this inflationary market means as a buyer or even as a seller in terms of, you know, should I cash out now? Should I, should I plan on making certain moves in the near future? The reality is that your money is, is, is best hedged in your home. And an, inter- an interesting thing that we actually discussed on the call was the analysis from very big players in, in the, not just in the housing market, but in the economic sector in general, players like Wells Fargo, uh, JP Morgan, Fannie Mae, these, these very credible institutions took a survey and they, for lack of a better term, like predicted, I, I, I don't like to use that term because we, nobody really has a crystal ball and we, can, we don't really know what's going to happen in the future. But the reality is that they analyzed the numbers and they projected that by 2026, which is just four years from now, we're likely to see anywhere from the 24% to a 63% appreciation in housing value. Now that's just, we're talking about the worst case scenario, the pessimists in this analysis expecting a 24% appreciation from now until 2026. And the optimists, a 63% appreciation in four years. So call it Let's 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 take that and 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 split it and call it right down the middle, anywhere between forty to fifty percent appreciation in just four years. So, so that begs the question. I mean, we talk we talk so much about timing the market and if right now is a good time for us to buy or if it's a good time for us to sell. And the reality is that it's not so much timing the market; it's how much time you're in the market because we've had our ups and downs over the years. But if you were to draw a straight line from, let's say, where housing values were back in the 60s or 70s to where they are today, you'll see the ups and downs. But but generally speaking, as a whole, we are at a much higher housing value number today than we ever were. And there's no reason for us to to assume that that won't continue. So as it relates to inflation, very important information for us all to take in. And that is the, the, the greatest hedge against inflation being housing. Now, the second topic, interest rates. This is also something that can be a little bit difficult to address being that we don't have a crystal ball and we don't know what's, what's going to happen in the market. Case in point, we were talking about interest rates increasing several times this year, actually a couple of times before the springtime. And uh, if you've been paying attention, that plan has somewhat slowed down given the crisis that's going on in other places of the world. But the reality is that the, the, the plan to increase interest rates is likely not going away. There may be somewhat of a bump and a slowdown as to when and how that will play out. But but the Fed, the Feds and and economists together uh, agree that this will happen sooner or later. And so as a buyer, the first thing that we talk about is how this affects your buying power. Higher interest rates means it costs you more money to borrow, means that your 
pre-approval that was once X may now be something different given the increased cost of borrowing this money. So that's not anything new that we're talking about, but I do want to point out the relativity that applies to the rising interest rates because I think that we have become very spoiled in the last couple of years as to where interest rates were just a few years ago versus where they are now versus where they're going. So a couple of interesting numbers to point out. At the beginning of 2020, actually, let's start by saying what the, I'll point out what the interest rate is right now. And these numbers I took a few weeks ago, so this might be a little bit different, but but uh, close enough. At the time that I jotted these numbers down, the interest rates were at 3.55%. And if you compare that to the beginning of 2021, interest rates were at 2.7%. So I think that therein lies a big, I think we, we, we put too much weight on that big difference. 2.7% is something that probably just three, four, five years ago, we would have thought would have been unheard of. So the fact that we even made it to that, I would argue shouldn't, shouldn't even be a comparison point because of how, how uncommon that is. Actually, it's never happened before. And I would be inclined to say that it's unlikely to happen again, but, but we're comparing ourselves to a very, very, very low number. And, and drawing from that the conclusion that we are headed into negative territory because interest rates are rising. And the reality is that nothing could be further from the truth. I mentioned that at the time that I wrote this down just a few weeks ago, interest rates were at three and a half. Compare that to the beginning of 2021 where they were at 2.7%. You could see how that is somewhat of a drastic difference. But let's go back one more year to 2020. At the beginning of 2020, now, this is pre-pandemic. We were at 3.7%. And back then, we were screaming from the top of rooftops that interest rates have never been lower. And we were trying to get everyone to, to make moves then because we thought we would never see interest rates that low. And so the fact that we have crept up from 2.7%, 3.5%, relatively speaking, we're in better condition than we were at the beginning of 2020. And if we want to compare even further to see how how this change really puts things into perspective, the average interest rate from 2010 to 2020, an entire decade's span of time, hovered or fluctuated, I should say, between three and a half and five percent. And a lot of economists predict that we're probably heading towards the five percent number. So so how how bad really is that if for 10 if if for 10 years from 2010 to 2020 we were fluctuating anywhere between 3 and a half to 5% and and we were doing very well that was that was a period where we were recovering from the housing crash and for those that purchased property in that time frame or invested in rental properties I don't need to tell you how well you've done because of how quickly homes have appreciated and not only that, but 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 how relatively cheap you were able to get financing compared to any other decade in, in the last 30 to 40 years. In fact, we are in a better position now, interest rate-wise, 
And even if we creep up another point, let's say, we are still in a better position than we have been since at least the 70s. There has never been a decade where we have had interest rates as low as they are now, taken into account the projected interest rate increases. So, so I guess to frame this as a as a as an answer to the question or the concern, what do rising interest rates mean to me as a home buyer? You know, what why don't we why don't we look at it from the perspective of what does it mean to you by delaying your purchase now? If you're on the fence about purchasing a property or if you're thinking about getting into a home for the first time or buying a rental property and you're on the fence because you want to see how interest rates play out or have them revert back to what they were at the beginning of last year, you you could be you could be pushing yourself out of the market depending on what your affordability is. And so my argument would be take into consideration the relativity of increased interest rates and take into consideration the rate at which home, home values have appreciated over the last several decades. And how much money would you be leaving on the table by waiting a few more years? So, so that's something to, to take into account when having these conversations with your clients who perhaps, or I shouldn't say perhaps, I know this to be true. I've spoken to many clients in my circle and I know that members of my team have had the same concerns coming from their clients. So, so let's make sure that we are actually answering these questions effectively and, and we're, we're, we're backing it up with data and we're backing it up with talking points from, from very credible institutions, people who, who, whose sole job is to, is to analyze these numbers and, and offer projections and, and, and let's allow our clients to come to these conclusions themselves, whether it's good or bad, because as I said on a call today, we, we don't necessarily want to convince people to do something they're not comfortable with. Or I shouldn't say not necessarily. We absolutely don't want to convince people to do anything that they're not comfortable with. But oftentimes, they might be making decisions uninformed or they might not know the full picture. So by providing this information to them, let them arrive at whatever conclusion they're going to arrive at, but with the information, armed with the information that they need in order to arrive at that conclusion. So that brings me to the last talking point, which is inventory. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if I mentioned all three I's, but they're inflation, interest rates, and inventory. And inventory is, I mean, I'm, honestly, if I, if I were to pick which one is the most relevant and most important, I, I really couldn't because of how significant of a role each one is playing in today's market. So, so this is in no particular order, but there, I don't think I need to, we, we certainly in the last year, year and a half have, have beat to death the, the, the reality that we have an inventory shortage or we have an inventory crisis. There's not enough homes to sell. I made, uh, I, I pointed out on my last podcast that I did by myself that there were more homes for sale at the beginning of 2021, or I should say there were more real estate agents than there were homes for sale at the beginning of 2021. So, so there, there absolutely has been a, 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 an inventory crisis. But a recent report from NAR 
revealed some very, very interesting numbers. And I will frame it to you more or less in the same way that I framed it to my team. And NAR's number, NAR's report was referencing the total homes sold in 2021 as compared to 2020. So NAR released the report showing that 7 million homes sold in 2021. Now, in and of itself, that might not mean anything, but let's compare it to 2020 when 6.5 million homes sold in 2020. Now, the reason why those two numbers are interesting to me is because all of 2021, all we were hearing from the real estate industry was we have no homes to sell. And there was a lot of complaining going on as to the challenges that existed in the real estate industry in that we did not have enough homes to sell. There was an inventory shortage. There's never been this uh, this few uh, amount of homes to sell, and, and, and it's creating a backlog. And although that might be true, the reality is that we sold 500,000 more homes in 2021 than we did in 2020. And that was during a period when we were all complaining about how there was no inventory. And what's even most, what's even more interesting from that NAR report is that NAR predicts that there will be 500,000 more homes sold in 2022 than there were in 2021. So the inventory is coming. And I frame this this way to my team. And this actually might be something more appropriate for any agents that are listening. The inventory is coming. The business is coming. The the big question is, what are we going to be doing as agents to go after that business? The, the business to be hunted is going to be, the ones that win in this, in, the, in this situation are going to be the ones who are proactive and go out looking for these listings. Now, now as it relates to what's driving the increase in inventory or what could potentially drive the increase in inventory this year on an immediate basis, because there still exists a lot of supply chain issues and we're still well behind the curve when it comes to new construction builds. So, so there has to be something else that gives for us to be able to say that we are expecting more homes sold in 2022 versus last year. NAR attributes this to the pent-up seller demand that exists. And their, their analysis has concluded that many sellers, many homeowners, have been staying in their homes longer than they typically would have in an otherwise normal world, if you will. From, and, and I'll give you an example. From 1985 to, two, to 2008, that's a 25-plus year stretch, the average homeowner stayed in their home for six years. Or I should say they moved every six years. Let's put it that way. 2008 came around, and if you remember, that's when the housing market crashed, created a lot of uncertainty, created a lot of job loss. So, expectedly, many people decided to hunker down and err on the side of caution and say, we won't be moving anytime soon. Let's, let's play it safe and let's stay in this home until we see exactly how this will play out. So, that added to the tenure from six years to, let's say, seven or eight. And I'm saying, let's say seven or eight, because the next number that I have is just a statistic from 2020. So I don't want to, I don't want to be misquoted. And then as we were, 
as it looked as though we were potentially reversing that that extended stay in our homes, COVID hit. And so right before COVID hit in March of 2020, the average time that owners stayed in their home increased from six years to 9.5 years. By January of 2020, most homeowners were staying in their home 9.5 years on average, which is a three and a half year increase from from what was typically the norm for 25, 30 years. And I've been talking about I've been talking about this with my team recently in that we are starting to see a lot more consumer confidence in all aspects of the economy. We're having a lot of COVID restrictions, COVID restrictions roll back. We're having a lot of people returning to hospitality and service segments of the economy. There are people that are traveling more often. People are staying in hotels more. They have more disposable income. There's a lot of signs that are pointing to people really returning to what we consider to be normal. And and so if we are to offer any explanation as to why we are to see an, an increase in inventory, there are a lot of people right now that have been wanting to move for several years. They have been accustomed to moving every, every six years. And because of some significant crises that we've gone through in the last 10 years, they have, they have not been able to do that or they have not wanted to do that. And now that the conditions are allowing them to comfortably go back to what they normally would have been doing, they, I think that we are going to be seeing those effects this year, which would likely contribute to the amount of homes that NAR is projecting that we will be selling in 2022. One last thing with the amount of homes expected to be sold in 2022. When NAR surveyed where the majority of sellers came from in 2021, the response was that 70% of those sellers came from agent databases. So if you're an agent listening, I'll repeat that one more time. 70% of sellers in 2021 came from agents' databases, their own spheres, which means that as we've talked about I'm sure on several podcast episodes before, but certainly on our daily huddles, you need to pick up the phone and make your service calls, reach out to your database, reach out to your sphere, offer this information, provide value, answer questions that they might have, and simply get the conversation started because that's where the money is. That's where the gold mine is. It's in your sphere. It's in your database. So, I know I have run very long, but I'm hoping that that was a very good summary of what's happening with what we would argue are the most three important talking points right now, inventory, interest rates, and inflation. If you need to play it back to get those statistics or those datas or those, uh, that, that data, those numbers, certainly do because, because the more comfortable we are with it and the more familiar we are with it, the more confident we will be when having these conversations with our clients. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what we should be doing. We should be sharing this information and providing value to our clients in, in whichever way we, ch- we can so that ultimately they are making decisions for themselves and they are making these decisions informed. So thanks everyone for your time. I hope it was useful. I will follow up um, with uh, maybe another guest that we can unpack this in a different way. But in the meantime, thanks for checking in. Have a great day.